Dragon Ritual Drummers. And we've got Utu Witch Doctor tonight. I swear, your music, Utu, always makes me want to dance, okay? So oh, before, before we start getting the music, we have to be careful that Teresa doesn't Going and I'm going to start singing. <laughs> We have to be careful. There. <laughs> I, I am not going over there to pull you up from, from the wall. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, pull me off the wall. Pull me off the ceiling. <laughs> Aburua boy, everybody. Uh, welcome again to our second episode of uh, Ancestral Eyes. We're very privileged and very happy to have an old friend, uh, Utu Witch Doctor, with us this evening. And uh, we have a very exciting and very interesting show tonight. And uh, with my co-host, uh, Teresa Slowinski, uh, here at Unsurprise. Uh, Teresa, do you want to do a little bit of uh, an intro or welcome to uh, Utu? Yes, welcome Utu. Okay, so I've got some questions, and I'm sure Jean-Jerome does too. But first of all, um, I'm sure you're probably sick and tired of people asking about your book, but... We want to ask. Okay, so um, I do have your book. Thank you very much. It's actually a signed copy. A good friend of mine went and picked it up. And it's called Conjuring Harriet, Mama Moses Tubman. Okay, now, you're okay with me quoting some of the other authors, right? Too, too, because I was just reading parts of this book, okay? And I can't wait to just dive into the whole thing. I just sort of read bits and parts of, over uh, over the last couple of days. But anyway, I love some of the uh, some of the praises, some of the uh, excerpts, and some of the quotes from some of the other authors. Again, in the community, there's a nice quote here by Evo Dominguez Jr. Uh, he, this is what he has to say about your book. This book offers a working system that blends and acknowledges the Christian, African, and folk magic traditions that are the natural home for those called to work with Mama Moses. She does not rest in peace. She rises in power. I love that. I think that's an awesome quote. Then there's another one here, and this one's by Reverend Timothy Shaw, a spiritualist minister, and this is what he had to say. Conjuring Harriet Mama Moses Tubman and the Spirits of the Underground Railroad is a practical manual of instructions, giving both the adept and novice fresh knowledge to add to the ever-growing need for conjure in today's world. This is a text that should grace every metaphysical worker's bookshelf. Love that one, too. And then, of course, one by Denise Alvarado, who praises you, which, uh, which Dr. Utu shares the, the rarely told stories of those who follow the North Star to freedom from the antebellum south to St. Catharines, Ontario in Canada, protective roots in hand. He brings to light a powerful conjure tradition that, with a cairn and cross, guides the spiritual seeker towards a meaningful way to honor Mama Moses and the spirits of the Underground Railroad and revere the bones of those still lying in unmarked graves. I love that. I just, I just love that. Okay. And um, your own dedication, if you don't mind, before we get started here. I love what you had to say as far as the dedication was concerned. Dedicated to you, spirits of the Underground Railroad, whose names have been forgotten, 
your places of rest lost to time. May the work within these pages help bring many more friends to envelop you in love and illumination, sustenance and elevation. As you instructed, this work is for you. May your light shine on. Hmm. So let's take it from there. Utu, what can you tell us? I mean, I mean, these are wonderful, wonderful quotes, and I love your your dedication in the book. And so what I wanted to say, how did the spirits, how did it all begin with for you with regards to the spirits of the Underground Railroad? Well, thank you so much. Uh, I'll answer that. And I uh, just wanted to say, Alafia, Teresa, blessed be as well, since we share that. And to Baba Boroboya Bocice, thank you so much for having me on here. It's a very, it's a very it's a big pleasure. Uh, and I appreciate you sharing those quotes. Um, well, how did it all begin for me? That's, uh, well, for this book in particular, it was because of my immersion in witchcraft since the 90s. You know, I'm very, I was lucky. I was raised very eclectic, born in Scotland to a, a, a non-traditional family, meaning they didn't really follow religion very much. So my mm-hmm. mother was definitely a, uh, a free-thinking, a free free spirit. So I traveled around with her a lot as a kid and, and saw a lot of uh, different cultures. You know, we spent time in South America and, and all over the United States. So, you know, I was already equipped to not be really uh, yeah. pinned down to anyone. Your religion. eyes were so, open. Re- yeah, witchcraft uh, was very much, uh, you know, their natural blend for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, luckily for, and I you know I grew up as a drummer. You know, my father was a drummer in Scottish music, traditional Scottish music. So I was raised, you know, with rhythm yeah. and, and learning to drum. So I was always drumming. And I played a lot of instruments, but I, you know, I always had the drum in the background. And my witchcraft tradition, the Sumerian tradition, had an emphasis on the drum. So I really honed it a lot. And by the time I literally stumbled, and I mean stumbled into, um, you know, African traditional religions was because pre-internet. I mean, the internet existed, but nobody I knew was using it. And certainly none of the people that were trying to find drummers were at the time. So uh, I just ended up. I totally get that. You know, the drum just brought me into places. And I, you know started to dedicate my my life to joyful service as a drummer for those who needed it in the traditions. Um, So while living here in St. Catharines, Mm -hmm. I grew up in Toronto, but I lived here in St. Catharines for since, you know, a long time, like probably almost, almost 30 years now, most of my adult life. And, you know, I've always lived within just a few blocks of the church, the BME church that is the epicenter of the end of the underground railroad in regards to Harriet Tubman's track. So there was many, Many routes and many crossing points, but the two most prominent crossing points were those, the one that crossed from Detroit into Windsor and the one that crossed over from whether, whether it was Buffalo, Niagara Falls, mm-hmm. or Lewiston, New York, into, an, into the Niagara region and ending here in St. Catharines. And when I eventually met up and decided mm-hmm. I also wanted to serve uh, the New Orleans Voodoo Spiritual Temple run by Priestess Miriam Chimani, when yes, I, yes. You know, I wanted to spend more time and and learn more. And I was younger and, you know, just full of all the exuberance. And there was members of the temple and them that said, you know, well, while you're not coming down here to, to learn with us or or serve or Mm -hmm. help, you know, Mm -hmm. focused on the voodoo of Niagara and spirits uh, of the land. And I said, well, yeah, what voodoo in Niagara, you know, to be honest, I never thought about it. And Mm -hmm. lo and behold, I walked around the corner and started to think about it. And, you know, the church used to have a plot of land behind it that used to be a cemetery 
uh, used to, the whole street used to be where everybody from there were freedom seekers lived and, and built their 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 neighborhood and their their little that's Canaan and the spirituals that was Canaan wow. that was the promised land, although it's very decrepit now unfortunately. Yeah. And uh, I realized that you know there was still actually bodies buried in a few of those empty lots. Um, for, and that, that the reason that happened is because, you know, when St. Catherine's, all the churches used to have their people buried in the mm -hmm. behind the church. And when the city grew and built their big cemetery, they went around to all the churches and said, exhume your people and bring them to the, the new cemetery. And so the churches or the denominations that had a good sexton uh, were able mm -hmm. to do that a lot better than the ones that didn't. And unfortunately, the two churches of the Underground Railroad, which would be the British Methodist Episcopal Church, which is the Salem Chapel, and just mm -hmm. down the road, the uh, Zion Baptist Church, which was also built by freedom seekers. Both these churches were built by freedom seekers. Uh, they didn't have a sexton quite the same way. So there mm -hmm. are people, some people were left behind. And uh, we knew that. I knew that from some residents. I lived in the neighborhood mm -hmm. and I uh, still do. And I know that where some of them are. So immediately mm -hmm. it began to be working with them, giving them remembrance because mm -hmm. these were brave souls to me, uh, people should. that fought for their freedom. You know, escaped yep. slavery, spent totally. you know some of the hardest conditions to make it to freedom, only to come to St. Catharines and then work really hard again, and mm -hmm. then pass away, and then not even have a grave marker. And mm -hmm. to me, that seemed uh, tragic, and it seemed like, and the chat, the first challenge put forth to me from the spirits was to create the symbology of, of the cairn and the cross, which is the the marker of a simple mm -hmm. cross. Mm -hmm. Karen, which was traditional, which is why some of those graves were never able to be found because people mm -hmm. didn't couldn't afford headstones, you know. So the graves were rocks with a cross or broken pottery or things, yes. uh, you know, settled around their people. So it became that. And the more I work with those spirits, the more the elevation, mm -hmm. the illumination, and the interplay and and the communication began. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's what led me to revering and exalting Harriet Tubman mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. as a folk saint in a way, I suppose. She's a holy light. Mm -hmm. Discovered that, you know, I'm lucky, the dragon ritual drummers that I belong to, we travel a lot. So she spent a lot of time traveling mm -hmm. around mm -hmm. parts mm -hmm. of the Underground Railroad in the States. My own little personal uh trips became something of an obsession. And uh, mm -hmm. it just became this yeah, following spirit, following the guide mm -hmm. in the hands of those who were wanting their stories to be told, wanting their their stories to be remembered and it just became that it became that obsession that mission that still mm -hmm. continues to this day and uh, unfortunately the sad thing is is that plot of land behind the bme church which sat vacant for decades is now you know wow. they're building the new police station on it and you know there was a lot of uh, i don't mind saying there's a lot of shady things that happened with the way they were they were trying to do the archaeological dig to find mm -hmm. it everybody knows they didn't do it right or that they took they hit it's it was a very sordid situation and mm -hmm. i did everything i could to bring attention to it to save it and, and uh but yeah you know so there's still some people buried in another part of that neighborhood as well still and so i still go mm -hmm. there give them offerings give them song oh, uh, give them remembrance oh, and uh help to commemorate mm -hmm. to me people that are heroes heroes of self-emancipation in the likes of which is mm -hmm. hard to fathom for most people i think of what was had to be endured in order to reach your freedom to me that's inspiration and it no, also sure. revealed to me as well that you know the, the, the new orleans voodoo spiritual temple what what i loved ser about serving it is it's very universal approach you know so there's mm -hmm. it's in new orleans but if priestess miriam had a move to, to any other place like you know 
Nashville or Miami, it would be called the Miami Voodoo Spiritual Spiritual Temple, the, the Nashville Spiritual mm -hmm. Temple, because of her spiritual legacy, her spiritual work. And so it's very universal. As a pagan mm -hmm. at the time, early on, you know, I was one of those pagans and witches that was programmed to be, you know, hating everything that was uh, Catholic or Christian. And uh, to be honest, <laughs> the amount that. of Christianity that I realized was involved in root work and conjure, and to an extent, North American voodoo, it was a challenge. It was a challenge to me, but I'm so grateful that it I was. I totally get that. It helped me become more accepting, understand the nuance that's buried mm -hmm. beneath some of the reasons why the Bible was used by freedom seekers and how mm -hmm. their culture clinged. Uh, so it's very unique. But for me, too, mm -hmm. the unique thing about the whole mission of the Underground Railroad as a spiritual metaphor and a tradition is that it encompassed mm -hmm. black, white, women, men, yes. Christian, Jew, Catholic, Native American, Canadian, American. These were all free thinkers, even atheists, that mm -hmm. all somehow managed to work together for true progressive values, true progressive mission to help people mm -hmm. get away from bondage and into a place where they could be free human beings. To me, that was the idea, the framework of teamwork, humans working together, mm -hmm. no matter how yes. different you know, yes. some of them were, they all had the same mission and the same cause. And mm -hmm. that seemed to me like a really good place to put a root that was given to me and let a tree grow mm -hmm. to bear fruit that can help maybe nourish others to serve these spirits, remember them, and remember some of these exalted heroes that fought for the Underground Railroad, the ones that are famous, as inspiration. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. in a way, it became its own African traditional base American yes. conjure tradition. So and, and and so that's that's how that all started is because of my proximity of being right beside mm -hmm. the area. Um, I've gotten to know a lot of the descendants over the years. Like I said, it was a, a an obsession, a mission to to you know be be friends, become family, even have relationships with some of them. And you know, and that's been what it's been all about for me. While I'm serving whatever else I've done, it was all just about making that mission happen to elevate the Underground Railroad and to also mm -hmm. what history doesn't like to talk about is how much mm -hmm. root work, conjure, and voodoo was a part of the Underground Railroad. So yes, spirituals were sung. Yes, many, many freedom seekers and people that escaped bondage were, mm -hmm. you know, Christians. But the African experience that, you know, again, this person raised in Canada, you know, immersed in American mythology that connects through the Underground Railroad to here, you know, I'm mm -hmm. kind of like still like a, an explorer. And so mm -hmm. to me, it's interesting. And that mm -hmm. history doesn't like to reveal that how much one of the main spiritual arms of the Underground Railroad was mm -hmm. root work conjure. So I come mm -hmm. to find out as years went by that black historians and black writers and anthropologists and people that became friends of mine and colleagues. They don't like, want to, they don't want to admit it. Published. They can't get a book published be, uh, because of it. So, you know, yeah. I'm not a historian, but because I was fortunate that Wiser mm -hmm. offered me to write the book, I at least used the occult publisher to, you know, illuminate the idea and the aspect of how much the African mm -hmm. religion was a part of mm -hmm. the Underground Railroad, which is something mainstream history and does not like to, mm -hmm. does not like to talk about. So no. it became, it's, a, it's a multifaceted mission. It's been gratifying. It's been challenging. It's been a lot of things, mm -hmm. and, uh, but I've been enriched for it. My house is dedicated to all those spirits where I live. The Niagara Voodoo Shrine is a little, little, little cottage and, and it's just from back door to front door. It's shrines, of course, to some of the Orisha, and but also to the spirits of the Underground Railroad.
Ashe, Ashe. I think that's amazing. And you know what really impressed me about your book? I was saying to to Jean Jerome, I go, look at the bibliography. I go, he's got like five pages. Okay. You what impressed me about your book was the fact that you did all of this research. Other than, you know, besides the fact that you're obviously an intuitive and you could pick up on those spirits. I mean, good for you, you know, God bless that you were able to go into these places and sense them and see that they were there and give honor to them. I think that was amazing. But the fact that you, you took that challenge upon yourself and you wrote this book, but I mean, the research, and like you said, the historical, like, um, to God, like I'm, I'm reading this and then making connections with the families that are still living. This is a great book. It truly is because you've, you know, it's more than just a manual. Like to me, this is like a little piece of history and I love it because the way you spun it into that conjure and the root work that, that was involved in this. And this is exactly, this is what historians don't want to talk about because it, it seems like they're, they're so busy connecting the dots of where the Underground Railroad started, where it went, what happened, blah, 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 without giving any acknowledgement to the fact that these are ancestors who brought forth with them spiritual belief systems, okay, and integrated them in with Christianity in order to be accepted. And they moved forward with this. So, you know, I give you, you know, kudos to, to you for being able to do that because it is an amazing book. It truly is. I was impressed with that altogether. Um, now, so I'm going to ask you the question in regards to the controversy. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, no. Here we go again, right? But, you know, the thing is that people didn't um, – I think they were just so preoccupied with the fact that here you are, you're this white guy from Canada and you're going to start talking about, you know, black ancestors. Okay. And like, so who are you? And they're one of the, uh, the foreword actually written um, by Baba Ted Zhao. I was very impressed with, with what he had said. And if I can interpret what he was saying is it, it goes beyond color. Okay, this is this is actually a work of the spirits coming through you. Okay, and these people that criticized you didn't understand the whole idea behind the thing that it, it doesn't matter what your color is. When the spirits work with you and when spirit works with you, they don't look at your color. Okay, and if they only gave you a chance to, you know, read your book and I'm sure they did because all of a sudden everything kind of quieted down. Right. So, you know, anyway, what, what can you share on that controversy? I mean, it was a bit silly, yeah. you know? Yeah, it was, it was, it was quite a situation. Um, it, it, what it was, was really, it was all centered out of one conference uh, out in California. And, you know, first of all, I absolutely support and try to do my best over all of this 20 years that I've been immersed in these traditions to help, eradicate or point out who the appropriators are. Uh, I understand that I'm lucky that I've become enriched in life to be immersed in the type of religions that I am and to have experienced the mysteries that I have. So I am on that side of, you know, be careful who is writing certain things and who's teaching them. I certainly make a lot of judgments of, of people that I come across. 
Uh, I'm hardly the very first white person to ever write a book about conjure and root work. That's for sure. Uh, some of the people that were slinging the arrows were white people that have written books on conjure and hoodoo. So what it really came down to was they didn't realize yet that this was actually a very pro-black book. I was using my ability, yes. my lucky ability to have some privilege and uh, my, mm -hmm. my stature, which is maybe, I don't know, like a, a B minus in the occult uh, celebrity level, you know? So I was able to, and that's because of the band, the Dragon Ritual Drummers. So I was able to use that. And many people yes. that helped write that book were descendants of freedom seekers. They were yes. behind me all the way. Uh, some great educators, some great historians that are, some of them are very well known that are black, uh, Canadian and American, mm -hmm. you know, totally mm -hmm. were like saying, hey, uh, did, have you put this in that book? Because I can never get this information. Put that in there. And I was helped <laughs> a lot. I was helped a, in a great deal. So uh -huh. you know, I'm aware that the whole thing that came out of California and, you know, it was the it was, at the time, it was the largest, most influential pagan mm -hmm. conference. It was called Pentheacon. Yes. Was San Jose. yes, yes, yes. And I was invited to it. I was going to be one of the main presenters at it. And I was accepted in there. And it wasn't until some people made some noise about it that they, you know, deplatformed me. So there I was now, a new initiation, you know, somebody who's been fighting and advocating uh, for 20 years. If anybody had an issue with me in the African traditional religious circle, and I mean, there's maybe some personal issues, but nobody had ever called me out on what my position was, my stature, my lineage. Because as you all know, it doesn't take very long for a phone call or a couple of messages to find out. We still have a good six degree of separation. Even if we don't like certain people, we know they're legitimate. So for 20 exactly. years, there was never an issue until this conference. And it was there was multiple people that had different agendas for it. Um, they just happened to be the mm -hmm. enclave of the woke uh rebel without a clue type of like just wanting to stand for something and they just didn't realize that you know they just picked yeah. the wrong now that conference lasted 27 years it didn't survive it's it didn't gone. survive the controversy in itself it's done it's finished it's gone and, i know uh, so you know say it's working the spirits work in a very interesting way don't they <laughs> in mysterious yeah. ways <laughs> and i do agree there are people that write and teach Mm -hmm. books and and lessons mm -hmm. of an African traditional religious mm -hmm. uh, framework that are not of any of those cultures that I think that sometimes are sharing really uh, dangerous or just insulting information, you know, and, and, and even, even the people that are really immersed in root work and conjure in the United States, it seems to me so much of it is based on curses and hexes and nefarious works when really yes. I wanted to, you know, and so... I didn't even write a book about traditional conjure and root work. The, the, my book is so far from the norm. It's a completely brand new concept. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah, once, once my adversaries out there got a hold of the book because the controversy and my mm -hmm. public cancellation from that was three months before the book's release. And uh, so by the time it got out, I guess people realized, oh, okay. And then, you know, enough people started to let folks know, we know who this person is. He's been doing this for a very long time. He yeah. was made by this person and that person. He's represented this, fundraised for them. Exactly. So eventually they just all walked away and it just all became quiet. But, exactly. you know, it was uh, a baptism by fire. That's for sure. <laughs> Good way to describe it. No, for sure. Um, I was just going to ask you also because of I'm glad you brought that up with regards to the conjure. OK, because like you said, there's, you know, it's almost like 
the exposure of conjure and root work in America has a lot to do with hexing and, and getting back at someone, etc. Your work is very different. It's all about uplifting and, and honoring the ancestors, which I that's what I found about your all the uh, the actual manual, uh, you know, how to. That's what made it different. Okay. Um, and I wanted to say, how would you describe your conjure? And um, I think Jean Jerome had wanted to talk about that a little bit more. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so I think uh, uh, in light of that question, uh, Utu, I think for the, for those joining us that you know come from very different backgrounds, and you know could be from Ifa, from Orisha, mm -hmm. could be from. Mm -hmm. Christian or other other uh, religious belief systems or spiritual beliefs or spiritists even, I think uh, I'd like to take a few moments to define certain certain terms. So when we say root work, uh, what do you define as root work, and how does that uh, fit within uh, your practice of um, either voodoo or or uh, other you know spiritual practice that you do like the conjure. And, and so forth. Like, what, what, what is that definition of root work uh, in, in your mind? Well, and conjure. Yeah, so I could probably give a few explanations of that, and there'd be a lot of people that would maybe disagree, but I think it's safe to say that, you know, America, other than Louisiana and to a lesser degree, you know, Mississippi, Florida, and Georgia, which was the places there was Catholics, Carolina as well, so, you know, mm -hmm. The idea of an organized religion being clung to like it happened in South America and the Caribbean uh, wasn't really possible in America because if it wasn't in the Catholic zones, the Protestants were much crueler. They were much crueler, uh, much crueler slavers. They eradicated mm -hmm. the ability for people to gather, drum, dance. So the religion itself that was still being clung to by people, again, you've got to remember, like the whole like, root work and conjure and hoodoo and all the different terminologies for it is literally the fragments of African traditional practices and ancestral veneration trying to be clung to, saved and preserved by people who were forced mm -hmm. to uh, live amongst each other as slaves from different regions so they couldn't share their same language, they couldn't speak mm -hmm. their, their common language. They did this on purpose. The slavers, you know, they had a, a modus operandi, separate people from different regions so they can't talk to each other because they mm -hmm. all spoke different languages. So root work and conjure was the idea more so, I guess I would describe it as it's the medicine. It's the medicine and the plant herbology, but still with the animistic or maybe mm -hmm. to say shamanistic ab approach of the life force within the plants, within roots, within incantation. Mm -hmm. It's something that's done by one individual as a healer, as a worker, as opposed to having mm -hmm. a battery of drummers around them, dancers and people to facilitate mm -hmm. spirit yes. arriving. Yes. Uh, then this is now an individual doing it by holding your your packet, your your mojo, you know, mm -hmm. your the juju you're going to carry, you know, that also has now it, it has been out, it has been you know blessed, it has been awoken, mm -hmm. and, and spirit can walk through that. But so root work and conjure is the fragmentations of the ways that the Protestant uh, America forced the African to have to try to find ways to cling to their traditional ways of medicine. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. uh, and and religion. So, you know, people that practice, you know, uh, the Ifa that will be in Cuba or the Vodou in Haiti or the, you know, the Kumbanda down in, in, in Brazil, you know, what, what I just realized about the Underground Railroad was that it, it enabled America 
and America, meaning Canada as well, uh, to show that there was actually the same framework of spirits who were diviners, a spiritual family who were healers, mm -hmm. a spiritual yes. family who yes. were warriors, a sure. spiritual family who was navigators. Yes. And this is how this yes. is done. So to just assemble them all, all these individuals who were, for the most part, English speaking, uh, the tradition is still there, you know, whether it's very similar to mm -hmm. the Madama from Espiritismo, right? Or, mm -hmm. or the Retaveos in, in, in Brazil, like the, the, these, these um, types of spirits existed here and exist here in the Americas. Mm -hmm. And they existed because the Underground Railroad was a living, breathing tradition of fraternity and exchange of religion mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, commonality to fight against the oppressor in order to get to your emancipation. So it just was lucky that there was Canada to the north that people could flee to. And mm -hmm. that's, so to me, it's all about that. It's, it's, it's that so root work and conjure and then, you know, American voodoo and to a degree, you know, the, one of the people you read the excerpt from in the book, Denise Alvarado, she wrote a great book called Hoodoo Voodoo by the same yes. publisher as mine. And she describes yes. it great because in New Orleans, you yeah. go to certain neighborhoods in New Orleans and they'll call it voodoo. And another neighborhood will refer to it as hoodoo and conjure. You know, it, 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 people said it differently in Texas. They said it different in Mississippi. They mm -hmm. said it different in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And all these things changed too. So root work and hoodoo and conjure, these terms came out at different times. And it's also because people mostly were clinging to it in the South. But then once, mm -hmm. you know, the great migration started to head north into St. Louis and into Chicago and Cleveland mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and uh, Buffalo and Detroit, you know, this is when, you know, it now was different and it became now, uh, you know, honed in with more you know different elements of now you know mm -hmm. catholicism uh judaism mm -hmm. uh the mm -hmm. psalms and things of this nature so mm -hmm. it, it's and still native, it's a, native american spiritualism american has always been a part of it because they yeah. the you'll find a lot of american root work and conjure formulas called you know lucky indian or indian chief and, mm -hmm. and things of the like this because it's about you know remember and that's also the thing the, in, the interconnection between the native american first nations yeah. and the african is very similar to how it was in the caribbean and south america where they did form communities together yes. especially in yeah. florida there's a whole legacy of the seminole the black seminole indians yes. who are intermixed escaped slaves that intermingled with the the uh seminole nation and they had a war with the american army for like 20 years you know fighting in those swamps wow. for their, wow. their they yep. wanted to be they wanted to have their own society. So there's that in there somehow. And also with most, most people that were brought over to the Americas as enslaved prisoners, if they could escape and you got far enough away, well, you were going to run into Native Americans. And yes. uh, the first thing yes. you could have to, you want to need to know is what plants can you eat? What plants are for medicine? And exactly. what animals? You know, if Gosh, you're an animist, yeah. you need to know what animals you can can use what animal spirits are about what the plants are for mm -hmm. you know the ethnobotany and totemic energy is it, it, it's it's all it's, it's a part of the legacy within african-american root work and conjure is the the native american um you know herbalism and, and animal mm -hmm. magic no <laughs> no for sure so that's what i was gonna ask you yeah. to go ahead jean jerome oh, no go ahead Teresa. great then I'll, I'll i'll just interject with a couple of comments and background as well go okay. ahead um, I was going to ask you, um, with regards to your actual personal practice, obviously you practice conjure. Now, 
Do you reconcile that with your brand of witchcraft uh, or your tradition or your lineage of your witchcraft? Or do you blend them or do you keep them separate? Like, how do you reconcile between the two? Yeah, I don't really if do any. Do. I don't really do any kind of blending at all. So my traditional witchcraft training, uh, it was it was very it's invaluable to me. It's so crucial that I mm -hmm. spent those 10 years to get my third degree because what I was, which is very hard to get from other traditions was every new moon, every full moon and a class somewhere in between I learned. And that's what traditional craft is supposed to be about teaching you to be the, yes. the conduit, to be the, the magic, the, the worker yourself and not to rely upon deity. So that was good because it helped hone skills for me. So I still, sometimes, you know, certain cycles of the moons, you know, I, I, I hearken back to that. There's parts of that that I'll do, you know, in my own way. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. when I practice conjure, see, again, that's the funny thing is I don't really claim to practice conjure or who I, I next to never use the word hoodoo. I, but you know, I'm a member of the new Orleans voodoo spiritual temple, but a lot of things that happens in that temple through Miriam doesn't really resemble to some people what they think voodoo is like there's a, mm -hmm. it is what it is. It's very different. So for me, mm -hmm. my personal practice is yes. first and foremost, you know, um, the house is dedicated to the voodoo, uh, to the it's called the Niagara Voodoo Shrine. It's dedicated to the spirits of the Underground Railroad. Harriet Mama Moses Tubman being the 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 beacon and the inspiration and the guiding light for it. Perfect. But Perfect. you know my personal work is really so I teach that I share it at, at workings. I'll get together with people that are often awo uh, or babalaos or lavishas from other traditions or their mambos that you know also you know visit spiritual festivals that people come together and so that's yes. the thing is with this working with the spirits of the underground railroad is somewhere we can all meet in the middle without really violating any of our regimen you know we're mm -hmm. all gifted now yeah. clergy mediums we're all this we're all we're all of these you know titles but now we can do something that in my this is just all i usually try to do is unite us into something that's uniquely american north american for the purpose of elevating and illuminating the one time in this continent which, you know, white, black, rich, poor, and everybody got together to yes. fight slavery. And, and, and they didn't do it always very peacefully. I try to elevate and that legacy. That's, that's my mission. But on my personal practice, you know, as a witch doctor, it's mostly divination for people and helping them get rid of conditions that they think may be mm -hmm. affecting them. And so in that regard, since I've only been shown, you know, I'm not going to tell you that I have an entire uh, you know, practice from the people that gave me my title. Um, there's absolute prayers and, and fetishes and fabrics and things that I do incorporate, but I usually do that by myself mm -hmm. here in the house when, before okay. someone comes by and then okay. when someone comes yes. here, whatever has to be done, uh, if they need right. something totally washed upon them, yeah. then I will, I'll, I'll, I'll combine what I, you know, that's what a widget doctor is. You know, we have our own lineage and then we draw from what we know. And then we decide at that moment what we think is the best thing to rid something of somebody. So therefore, the more you know, when you're a witch doctor, which is some essentially somebody who's getting rid of bad juju, getting rid of witchcraft, then the more you know, the more you can draw from based on the condition of the person. And again, I work with people from all sorts of ethnicity. So sometimes it's white people, you know, people that fall under the paradigm of a uh, a mm -hmm. witch or a pagan or just a, you know, a pagan. And then there's other times there's people that are Catholic or they're members or they're from other parts of the world. You know, that they're, they're either Asian or they're from anywhere mm -hmm. in Africa or the Caribbean. So, mm -hmm. the, you know, that's why it helps to have a, a nice rounded uh, background so that if those people need help, then I kind of have an idea of something they'll be familiar with. And then as long as I know that I'm doing mm -hmm. it correctly 
and it's effective, then it's going to work. Perfect. So then now that leads me to with regards to your background and the title of witch doctor, how did that come to be? If you don't mind sharing that, if it's too personal, I mean, by all means, no, no, don't. No, no. Oh, I know. We, know. we had this, we, we had this conversation the other night. So you guys have a, yes. a, a good, uh, a little bit of the background of it. But yeah, yeah so it is share uh, from a family of people that come from the region of Mozambique, where Mozambique borders Zimbabwe and South Africa. There's an area in there where all the borders mm -hmm. kind of meet. And so how that came to me as a title was because the people of the family that were going to be essentially walking away from that lifestyle to convert to Christianity. Um, they had an interesting life. Yeah. They were very well known. They're very famous people, actually, in some circles. And you know, I was, they knew I was a, a, a voodoo guy and a drummer. And that's, that's, again, that's how I met them was drumming. And then my ability to help fundraise and, and, and mm -hmm. things like that for them. So, you know, eventually it was like, Hey, you, you, I'm going to pass this on to you. And they had a family. So there's a family. So, so the way this particular lineage of witch doctors mm -hmm. uh, operate is, is you share your blood. I don't mind sharing that much. You take the blood of your family mm -hmm. so that you have the blood within you so that when you make your calls and invocations, they will arrive to you as opposed to, you know, because the family of the people that are in this sort of like a family of mine is people from Mozambique, people from Kenya, people from Uganda and Nigeria. And then there's me, the guy from Scotland. But uh, <laughs> you know, the funny, the funny thing is, is, is in Scotland, though, the funny thing is, is in Northern Europe and parts of Europe, the term witch doctor was applied by Christians in a way to be like, ah, oh, you know, that guy up there is a witch doctor. And so while it had some sort of a negative connotation oh, back in the day, it's now embraced. And I know that, uh, Jean Jerome yeah. will know this too. Like it, when you def when you translate the words, some places it, it's called witch doctor, and I know some people mm -hmm. think it's a, it's a silly term. So for me, when it was given to me, I liked it a lot, and I thought it was neat. It. And I was like, yeah, yeah. But way back then, uh, it kind of almost elicited sort of more humorous uh, response. Whereas yeah. now, yeah. it's you know, there's so many more pagans. Internet era just yeah. blossomed. They think the term means something negative, like. It, it, like a warlock and even warlocks on a negative term. So there's just a lot of misguided, uneducated exactly. people that have read exactly. a lot of internet information and don't realize that the term witch doctor has a purpose. And so that and, is and, and a lineage. And they're Hollywood junkies, right? Because a lot of one of the things we, we've been trying with the Consejo Cultural Yoruba Canada and and uh, with the, you know the Crone's Corner with Teresa and and now with Ancestral Eyes is to break some stigmas. Yes. And basically, a mind share that's been created by uh, people with a very, uh, quite often, a very narrow Judeo-Christian worldview, and that portrayed, basically helped amplify or portray the negative stereotypes, the negative mm -hmm. imagery, and, and so forth of the indigenous belief systems of the various countries, even in the, the very United States, as we mentioned, the First Nations. I, I think it's very important at this juncture to, to remind people as well that there, there's mm -hmm. a long-standing history. And what, I, what I find fascinating about your work, Utu, and I commend you on it, mm -hmm. definitely salute yeah. you. Uh, for, for those joining us, I mean, Utu has been in the community doing the work for you know, more than two yes. decades. Okay? And uh, whether it be just drumming, whether it be um, uh, upholding and making sure that the memory of uh, Mama Moses, uh, Harriet Tubman, is remembered in, in, the, in the way it should be remembered for her valiant effort 
and and success in bringing yes. people across yes. the Underground Railroad uh, from slaves from the U.S. into Canada into freedom, uh, which is a, sh yeah. a sad, a sad but yet hopeful history that is shared between Canada and the United States. For those uh, tuning in, um, you know, I, I think it's it's very very important you know to salute you for that work but also remind people that th this history and, and what you touched on very important is the the use of root work the use of you know the, yes. the various indigenous belief systems that were brought over with the slaves mm -hmm. in and represented mm -hmm. their, their their bastion for survival and to be able to survive and to fight back in a sense and to, to strive for freedom um, in you know, if we look in uh, from 1791 to 1804, there was the Haitian Revolution, where the 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 actual uh, voodoo uh, priest, the Honunga, yes. and the Honu, you know, used their spiritual t uh, you know uh, tools, their spiritual uh, their ancestors and the different spirits and and knowledge that they brought with them to fight that war to to the point. That when the revolution, it, yeah, when Haiti wins its freedom in in uh, in, in eighteen oh four, all the surrounding nations, whether it be you know Cuba and states and in Brazil and all that, they crack down on the on the belief systems of the African slaves because they 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 acknowledged, and there was a, a reputation that had been established that it was the you know the 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 quote unquote fierce blacks. Mm -hmm. With their with their witchcraft, with their voodoo, which had basically mm -hmm. insurmountable against trained troops, well trained, well equipped troops, had been able to successfully win the independence of that nation, which which created a, a crackdown in many of the other nations in turn, and and which led in, indirectly, which which even further led to the syncretic religion of Santeria in Cuba. Based on you know the the Yoruba belief system mm -hmm. of, of Ifa and Orisha, uh, because in order to keep their religion alive and their belief system alive, they had to hide it behind right. the, the Catholic images. Yes. So it, it's very yes. interesting for those of us that you know, those that are listening to this that maybe of Cuban descent, of of you know, Brazilian descent, uh, Haitian descent, to know that there is a a, a rich and some but oftentimes hidden. And 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 uh, you know occult history of of that that same you know uh, uh, adherence to the spiritual belief systems that the slaves brought over to fight for their freedom and to and to win the freedom for their for their fellow man and woman. So I, I think is is a very very important. And when you say root work for again for those that are Spanish speaking, uh, root work when we describe your practice for in, in Cuba. Again, we had different waves of slave uh, of slaves that were brought over from different regions of of, of uh, Africa. Uh, we had slaves that came from Angola, from uh, Republic of Congo, from Mozambique, from um, Tanzania, from indirectly from Zanzibar, from uh, Benin, right, representing the you know kingdoms of, of Congo, the kingdom of Dahomey, the kingdoms of Oyo, etc. All of this, as you very aptly said, were basically oh. thrown together in cabildos in Cuba, very similar to what you describe in the states, uh, and were you know out of survival, you know, and, and not speaking the same language, or 
having commonalities in their belief systems and in their fetishes and their in in their spiritual practice, but vast differences in language, history, ancestrality, etc. They 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 forged you know new paths and new new expressions of those belief systems, which they used to literally to to for survival. So it's very mm -hmm. important, I think, that you know, I'm, and I'm hoping that everybody watching this show. Can, can gain a new perspective and, and, a, and a greater, deeper respect that a lot of the, the belief systems in terms of that juju, that hexing or, 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 or some of the, the aspects of Ebo or other tools or, or understanding plans for survival, plans for vitality, the spirituality behind it was for survival, F facing a, a, a horrible, uh, almost what they would describe as a holocaust of slavery. Uh, and the slave trade, which lasted for several centuries. Yes. So I'm, I'm, I'm very fascinated. I'm glad that you touched on those on those very important items and and, and topics because I, I think more Americans, especially mm -hmm. more Canadians, need to know that history to change some of those uh, perceptions they have, negative perceptions they have. Um, you know, and and where because of Hollywood and because of many cases a form of brainwashing and ignorance in some of the belief system that you know witchcraft or root work or any of these terms are symbolic with some sort of malefic influence when in, mm -hmm. in reality they represented the 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 bastion or the the the, the tool and the salvation of you know tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of people millions of people over centuries right mm -hmm. yeah and no. absolutely true you know, the other thing, too, is it, what, what kind of changed things in America is once it became illegal and much harder to import so many slaves and prisoners into the Ameri into America, that's when they began their, you know, breeding program, for lack of a better term, right? And and that is, like, the level of cruelty in, in America specifically, yeah. is, it was next level. And so that's another reason why some of the things were lost because you're not, you know, eventually you having two, three generations born of people that were not now attached to their African roots. It's really harder mm -hmm. to have somebody within the, the community now that's mm -hmm. got, so it was always a struggle. It's always a struggle. And in many ways, you know, again, you know, just back to the book, the purpose of it, there are so many white people and people of various other ethnicities writing books about conjuring root work. And just to me, it seemed that it's too late. Uh, the whole neo-spiritual pagan blending world there's thousands of people were for whatever reason now deciding they want to get themselves immersed into root work voodoo and voodoo for whatever reasons whatever their motivations are is not popular up to me. but what yeah. i realized was i wanted something i wanted something for them to have a, a chance to read that was specifically about the american and canadian struggle and the, yes. and the cooperation and the cooperation that it took. Yes. So therefore, if somebody read my book and they're like, oh, OK, well, this was I was hoping to get a whole manual on voodoo. But at least now, yes. if they were to go now and, and seek out initiation from somebody, they at least have an idea and are educated. Because what I just don't like, for example, one of the false narratives in American uh, appropriated hoodoo is that hoodoo is one part African one part native and one part European. And that someday, some point, you know, a, a black man and a native and a, and a European sat at a table and decided, let's create this religion. And uh, there we go. It's got parts this, parts that. And uh, they just now, there's people that just say, well, it's part Scottish or it's part Irish or it's part this, so I can do it too. And it just, 
it just is so insulting and goes over so much of the whole history of how this was preserved. And then now things that are sacred, exactly. so sacred, like the high John root and what it, exactly. what it admits is just now relegated to good luck for gambling, good luck for sex. Whereas he was meant to be carried to help you get to freedom, you. To give you strength and to give you vigor. Exactly. So for me, it was like, you know, let's just put something out there that, you know, while it was a very pro black book in many ways, because the people that helped me were all, uh, black Canadians and Americans, a pro-black book, but it was also f meant for for the average white person that might, you know, because I knew. So the thing with Wiser is Wiser put this in every chapters and every Barnes and Nobles in America for a while. Like it, the, the book is out there. Mm -hmm. So I know that there's going to be people reading it. I just did a reading for a woman in Mississippi on the over the, the video mm -hmm. yesterday. And she's like, yeah, I found out because I was in a bookstore and saw your book. And you know, I was like, oh, Mississippi, huh? But so the idea is to is, is for people of all ethnicities to just, you know, whether yes. you're meant to see that it was there was there's something to be said about the elevation mm -hmm. and exaltation of Mama Moses or you're a mm -hmm. white person that just thinks hoodoo is some kind of something combination happened, appropriated, you know, just jump over the whole idea of all of the struggle that it really represents. And so for me, it was just like, I just wanted to put some truth and some light on some parts of history that nobody else had done and certainly wasn't being done in Conjure because of, or root work or voodoo books because they're more, again, they're predominantly they're exactly. academic, which those are amazing, or they're hands-on books that are, again, they're just focusing on most of the time. Yeah, they're hands-on books. Work, yeah, manuals. Hex work. It's always, it's, always, it's always spells and hexes and curses. And, you know, to me, that in a way is also very insulting to the beneficial beauty that not only is it rooted yeah. in struggle of course it is but there's also a beauty in the art the expression the expression of the type of magic and ritual mm -hmm. that's there i think that's important to exactly elevate. and thank you for saying that because that is so true so many times you know you you come across these books and and that's basically all it is you know and there's none of this i think you too denise um that i know of were very very much pro the history and learning the struggle of the people that brought this information. Okay. Because a lot of this information, again, the, the root work and everything, just the root, the word root work. Okay. They worked with roots. This was medicine. Okay. And it was also a way of being able to administer this to, to other people to, for their health. But it was also something that they, I looked at it as something they would connect with their ancestors. Cause I know even for myself, there's certain things that my mother had told me. Okay. Many years ago on, um, you know, simple things to do, you know, like I remember once a friend of mine got sick and we were somewhere, you know, where we didn't have any access to, you know, a, a drugstore or anything like that, or even a store to be opened. And I, I remembered some of the simple things that my mother had told me. She said, you know, if you have an upset stomach, go boil some water and drink that hot water. Okay. Drink it as fast as you can. I know it's going to be hot, but she says, it'll clear you out. And she goes, and you'll feel better in the morning. I heard my mother's voice and she wasn't even dead at the time. Okay. I heard that. And I told my friend and I said, Hey, you know what? We've got a we've got a kettle here, and I said and we've got some hot we've got water. I go boil it, drink it. I go as much as you possibly can while it's hot, and you know he didn't want to do it, but I forced him. I was a good little Polish mama, right? I told him what to do, right? He drank it, and honest to God, I mean the rest of the night, 
he was in he was in the room he was being sick okay and whatever but it worked he woke up in the morning and he was good so what i meant to say by all of that was it's also a connection with their ancestors and their ancestral medicine what they were brought over from the old country so to speak right this is what they brought with them and you know they they didn't have their religious beliefs, so they had their ancestors, and they mixed their ancestral medicines with the root work, okay? And that's really what it was all about. That's how I looked at it, right? So, you know, um, I know there was a question, Jean-Jerome, sorry, um, Jean-Jerome, did you want to ask something about uh, the divination part? <laughs> We're going to go right into this. There are so many parts here we could talk about. Um, I know. One thing in our conversation when we were speaking earlier this week, uh, we two uh, privately, um, for those of us, for those that are watching the show and, again, to get a little bit more familiarity with your own style of practice and so forth, before engaging on any root work or, or any form of conjure and so forth, um, what is the first step? Like if somebody, for instance, if, if somebody comes to your particular practice and says, uh, Utu, uh, I need I need help. Uh, how how do you approach? Uh, what is your own approach in terms of of uh, addressing that that mm -hmm. uh, need for help or that uh, mm -hmm. for assistance? It's yeah, you 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 know the answer. It already it always starts with divination. And so if somebody yeah. comes to my house, which you know I'm I miss I miss people coming to the house for work. Uh, you know, I've been held up here alone for a couple of months almost now. But yeah, someone comes here, or if I do it over over video, it always starts out with, okay, somebody reaches out. I say, well, you want to give me a little more idea which what's the issue? And then I say, well, we're going to have to talk, or they come here. And then they tell the story, tell me what it's about. The idea, that's in exactly sort of the idea I was saying earlier. If I know someone's coming over, I'll say the prayers, the invocations, the songs I need to do. My house usually in the morning. I know people are coming through it. We'll have, we'll be protected. It's lit up. It's, it's all, it's like a machinery, right? I mean, I'm a public worker. I have a lot of people that don't like me. I have a lot of people that love me, maybe a little too much. So my house has to be a, a place of protection yeah. as well as yeah. spirits, ability to come in and out. And, and so people come in. They sit down, they tell me their story, what it is, and then we do divination and see. Sometimes Perfect. what they think is the problem, as you know, it's not the case at all. So, but if it does prove out to be the case that they're now, you know, once they're telling me a little bit and their spirit is now be, being able to be, you know, sort of like calmed mm -hmm. by the, the ruling spirits in this home to sort of mm -hmm. get the truth out, then we find out. And if it does turn out to be the case they need work, then it's usually provided in the divination, the mechanism. Or, and if it's not, then I just by sheer amount of, of practices over the years will be like, I know what this, I know we'll, what will work for this. And, and if yeah. I can't do something ultimately, which, you know, occasionally happens, then mm -hmm. I try to find someone I can send them to that will, um, mm -hmm. you, oh, know, nice. but, you know, that that's just the right thing to do. But uh, most times I like to think that I can help them out a little bit or at times, you know, unfortunately people like us will incur folks that don't want to listen. You know, you tell them that it's, this is not the case. This is not oh, what's yeah. happening. You're going to be okay. And they just, nope, they'll just run off to the next other person they can get. And so for me, yeah. it always begins, it always begins with divination to see if it's really the case. And, uh, and that's, that's how we keep ourselves honest with it and see if they're no, true. Exactly. And that's a key point, right? I mean, uh, quite often when you're really doing the work, when you're doing the divination, you're trying to see whether it be through Ifa, through Pele, Kim, whether it be through Chamalongo, whether it be through Spirit, whether it be through Dilogun, uh, shells, uh, whatever method um, the person uses, 
if there's if spirit in, is is present in all of those, the mm -hmm. ancestor yes. is present in all of those, and quite That's often true. when they're f confronted with the with the truth. You know, uh, they don't usually they like it. it very much, right? They, it's, that's when, you know, there, there's there's a, a, an odu vifa obari rete that says, when uh, the uh, a lie is confronted with the truth, it bows its head, it lowers mm. its head, right? Okay. And some people and some people <laughs> don't like the truth. Ashe. You know, that truth hurts. Yeah, ashe, yeah. Ashe. <laughs> right. No, no, for sure. No, for sure. So, Jean Jerome, did you have any other questions with regards to um, what were we talking about before uh, the so I, spiritual? I think one of the things I wanted to highlight as well is, and and you touched on it, Teresa, uh, early on in, in the program is, again, um, from from what you've told us, Utu, you, you, again, you've been exposed to many different traditions, somewhat that with some common element mm -hmm. being spirit. In, in the case of you know mm -hmm. your your exposure to the um, to the lineage from Mozambique, right, uh, mm -hmm. earning that title witch dogger, which which touched upon another another very uh, sad but key point that again uh, in, we we hear it from yeah. you know, uh, Nigeria from the Yoruba land, uh, we hear it from Benin, we hear it from Ghana, we hear it from um, you know uh, Togo. We hear it from Congo, mm -hmm. and and quite often, again, people because of economic hardship, because of of you know social, uh, you know sort of uh, uh, ostracizing, mm -hmm. and so forth. Mm -hmm. they, there's they they feel almost a compulsion to, and they're and they're shunned if they don't uh, give up their traditional belief systems, and, and join the uh, current, and, and join the Christian one Christian vent or one Islamic vent or or what have you. Both both those uh, religions and their different denominations and 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 lineages have done a, a, an a, an aggressive campaign for centuries mm -hmm. in terms mm -hmm. of trying to 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 crush and to suppress and to enslave. It's almost a a, a, a spiritual slavery. Yes. Uh, by imposing their, their belief system and to the point of, of almost brainwashing people into giving up their belief system because yes. they're, they're considered to be evil, they're considered to be uh, ignorant, mm -hmm. they're considered to be backwards. Uh, all of these are the terms. They're, they're condemned to poverty if they stay with their belief mm -hmm. system. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's sad. I mean, you, you see evidence of that back in uh, times of uh, you know uh, researchers like William Bascom, uh, Bernard Montal, yes. you know interviewing and seeing the the the, the erosion of of the belief system and the the constant mm -hmm. pressure from uh, the the uh, Abrahamic religions, especially Islam and, and Christianity in in Africa. Uh, mm -hmm. So w one thing I, I found also very interesting is, as you said, with all these different your your ability to to give proper respect and and space for each of the tradition, each of your of your lineages. Uh, you you mentioned you don't you know it's not like you slap everything together, but that you 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 through divination you basically yeah. call upon the 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 ancestral lineage that is best suited and. Uh, for dealing with that person's issue or problem, and and where necessary, mm -hmm. where spirit tells you, you 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 call upon other people and other in the community and other to assist, uh, which I found is very very important and, and something which people, because of ego, because of, of you know racism, ego, 
uh, money, uh, um, you know, people are, are afraid to say, I don't know, or I'm not the one that should be helping you. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. I can see your problem yes. and all that, but this problem is best handled by this other other person, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And that's unfortunately something which is quite often lost because of, you know, the the rat race in terms of, you know, people trying to display spirit, the, the spiritual aspect with the material gain and the, and the, exactly. and the, and the cult to the ego, the narcissism. I can exactly. do everything. I'm the, the um, you know, so. Yeah. No, you know, sure. it, it's so true. Well, you were just saying, uh, it, so just to elaborate a little bit, exactly about the, the the family that I knew that were converting to Lutheranism. They weren't mm -hmm. doing it because they were forced to, but they literally sacrificed themselves in a way. Um, it was a very fascinating thing to observe. It was sad, mm -hmm. but I also felt, you know, uh, very inspired by them, you know, because they cared about their people so much. They want to move back. And the only way that they could be effective to help their people back at home was to get the money that the, the, the Lutheran church would give them. And the only way you can be that is if you're a minister and if your wife is an upstanding member of that. And they, uh -huh. so they said, there's enough people in our land that still know the traditional ways. We have left our, you know, our instructions mm -hmm. and our ways with our family, the people I mentioned earlier. And they weren't like mm -hmm. being forced, but they were being forced, but they were aware of it and conscious of it, which spawned an, mm -hmm. an awful lot of, you know, incredible conversations about, you know, self, uh, yeah, self-sacrifice for your people. I, thought I was very inspired by it. Um, and, yeah, it was very sad to watch, but I also felt like I was very, yeah, again, privileged and lucky uh, to just mm -hmm. to how I ended up there. It's just, it's just, a, it's like everything for me to be in the traditions. It's just a. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's interesting because going uh, along with that train of thought with regards to. The effect of, of uh, happenstance that. It was yes. Sorry, we're having some a little bit of technical difficulty now. <laughs> oh no! No, well, just due to his feed. Uh, his... Okay. Well, yeah, I was just going to say with, with that train of thought. Yes. Whoops. Let's hear. He'll come with that train of thought. Mm -hmm. Okay, with that train of thought, with regards to. Um, the traditional belief systems in Africa and then them coming over here and the diaspora now, you know, the diasporic uh, systems coming into play and how they started to influence and trying to retain as well the, you know, the, the traditional rituals, the traditional beliefs and that type of thing. Right. Oh, too bad we just lost uh, Utu. Uh, I'm sure. I mean, he'll he, come back. He rejoined, yeah. I think he just had a problem with his internet uh, possibly there. So Okay. Yeah. Keep going. Okay. I'm no, sure I'm waiting for you to, 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 to sign back on. Okay. Um, sorry, I just got a message from somebody. I guess they don't know that I'm doing a, a podcast live. <laughs> anyway. And he's oh, back. Here we go. There we and are. he's back. <laughs> I love technical difficulties. You know, it happens, right? A lot. This is a fact of the throttling of the uh, system with everything happening right now. So, yeah, I'm not very close to my router right now, so I can be in a better room. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and I think everybody, you know, 
given the fact that everybody's on the internet and everything's being overloaded for sure. I was just saying to uh, Jean Jerome, um, you know, in regards to that train of thought that you were talking about, you know, this, the families in Africa having to, um, having to um, give up their religion more or less for economic re uh, reasons, etc. But now those belief systems coming here to the new world and the diaspora, you know, picking up on all of this, right? And again, this, this kind of leads to the credence of, you know, here we are, we're white people, and what are we doing in an African traditional religion, you know? And again, it speaks a lot to me of how spirit works. Spirit doesn't look upon you as a color, okay? It really doesn't. I mean, if they're there, they are there, and they will work with you, okay? Because I know myself, I, when I work with spirit, spirits, they come from different cultures. They come from different religions. And, um, you know, it was, uh, was eye-opening for myself, I know. Um, and having conversations with Jean Jerome about that, you know? Um, so, you know, it, it kind of made me feel good because I thought, okay, good. I'm not losing my mind, <laughs> you right. know? These, these spirits, they... They're from every different walk of life and, and from different uh, cultures. So, Jean Jerome, did you want to elaborate anything more about that in regards to the diaspora? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's very important for people to understand that, you know, the color of the skin, the ethnicity, can only represent or give you an inclination to a possible lineage by blood. But mm -hmm. a person's spiritual makeup and the spirits that accompany a person can come from many different lands, right? Yes. And anybody who has been in, in a consultation uh, quite often will see that, you know, the spirits that accompany a person, which are, are, are on a mission to help that person at different stages of their life mm -hmm. or with their life mission, which is the case of the guiding spirit or the, the main ancestor who is responsible, who, mm -hmm. accompanies Ori, who accompanies the Orisha Labatori to earth, whose mission is to help that person complete that's why we, we name we the motto of our show is uh, this life is you know the, the the journey that our ancestors began because there's yeah. only one main ancestor one chief ancestor whose responsibility together with your our guardian angel together with your Odi, your exactly. soul to accomplish a mission a divine mission that was began begun by you know a, an ancestor who lived on earth centuries or millennia ago quite mm -hmm. often people will, will not realize is that I can be white, but my guiding spirit can be black from any country, can be Chinese, can be Japanese, can be, you know, and you'll Native see. Native Indian. Yeah, absolutely. And you'll see uh, quite often a very rich fabric of spirituality yes. because maybe on earth, uh, you know, over the course of many reincarnations or what in Yoruba we call atunwa, a person acquires more and more and encounters more <laughs> in, in, in iterations of family and friends and people that form part of their spiritual egg bay, right? And that mm -hmm. spiritual egg bay, you know, mm -hmm. follows you throughout, you know, the various incarnations, the various lifetimes. So for mm -hmm. people that, you know, just, you know, superficially see the color of the skin as an expression of, oh, that person should believe this or that person should believe that. It's a fallacy, and they're selling themselves short, and they're selling spirit short. Spirit yeah. doesn't believe in color, creed, sexual orientation, or anything. Spirit is spirit. 
Yeah. No, you know, I know. I, I, of course, it's all true what you said. It's it's it's, it's, a, it's a, sometimes an awkward place. I think we're lucky. Now we live in Canada. It's a very multicultural mm -hmm. society. Uh, yeah, Canada. Some of some of our some of our uh, people in common who have been our mentors. Mm -hmm. The African concept is very different than the American concept of what you just said. And so, you mm -hmm. know, even when you go down to the Caribbean. Uh, to, depending on where you are, they're very open. They want to share their religion with people, you know, despite what some Americans will tell you. So it seems to be in America mostly where there's this, this gatekeeping on behalf of some people of color. And that's their, that is all, that's all good. I, mm -hmm. I don't ever challenge it. Um, but it's, oddly enough, it is predominantly from white people in America that seem to think that certain people shouldn't be doing what they're doing. But I understand why some people of color do not want, uh, you know, but it's, it's hard yeah. when the rulers of these religions to some degree, or the or, or the the awo and the and the diviners say that it is it is acceptable. It's okay as long and again, as long as you're not doing anything to, you know, insult it or or, or perpetrate yeah. to be something that you're not. It's fine, but still, no. you're gonna encounter. You're gonna incur. We're gonna as white people, we're going to incur this. Uh, I've been very lucky. I've been very lucky that I didn't until, you know, a couple a year and a half ago, and it was kind of surprising, but uh, it is what it is. It's okay to me. Mm -hmm. I have enough people, nope. you know, that I know that know who I am and where I you know what I've been doing. Exactly. But I understand that the, the challenge for some people to see it. But um, I also think that it's uh, that's why I really love the uh, the Yoruba look of they want the Orishas to be glorified by people of all colors around the world. And why shouldn't they? Exactly. You know, that's their philosophy. Why should they not be accepted by the globe? Of course, you don't want to run around Ashe. and pretend to be, you know, right? I'm not that guy. I don't put on the African clothing and run around and, and teach this. I, I, I teach very little. I, I provide service when it's asked of me. I share very little of the New Orleans Voodoo Spiritual Temple because, again, as a drummer and a servant to it, that's what I can teach is the order of service. And it's very inclusive and people can learn the drum calls. And other than that, you know, uh, that's why the Underground Railroad for me was the thing that I would not be insulting anybody. I would not be causing any waves. I wouldn't be stepping on anybody's toes coming in. So I just okay. said, let's just... And, and it's because it's where I lived and it just happened to be an yes. organic lightning in a bottle, as they say. What are you going to do? <laughs> land spirits, right? Yeah. <laughs> you got to go with the land spirits, right? Spirits of the land. This is where they are buried and everything. So um, anyway, I, do you have any more questions, John Jerome? I'm, no, I think, I think we've, we've had a, a very good uh, discussion. Uh, we're, we're actually just up on top of the hour, an hour and 10 minutes. Um, uh, Utu, I mean, we've, we've been asking the questions. Uh, are there questions or things yes. that from our discussions or even our private discussions that you're curious about or uh, that you'd like to touch on and, or, or any particular shout out you'd like to do to uh, either friends or fellow practitioners or um, upcoming event, upcoming workshop. events, workshops and stuff? Yeah. So okay. So there. So a little bit of what's going on with me uh, in the next few months. Um, next, if everything goes according to plan, next Saturday, I'm going to be working with a couple of friends to host a Zoom open celebration for the New Orleans Voodoo Spiritual Temple. It's celebrating 30 years this wow. weekend. So Priestess Miriam and her then husband Aswan Ch Chimani, who's now an ancestor, uh, mm -hmm. when they started the New Orleans Voodoo Spiritual Temple, moving down from Chicago into New Orleans. 30 years ago uh they wow. they this is 30 years and so unfortunately the celebration that many of us were traveling we're going to be traveling down from literally all over the world miriam has children nice. all over the world 
And uh, unfortunately, then, because of you know the current situation with this uh, pandemic, it mm-hmm. was postponed. So it's going to be postponed till next year. But we're going to try to do one virtually, just so people can pop in and, and say hello. And and I and I want her to have that moment somehow to still pop in on the internet and say hello, everybody, because. You know, I talked to her just the other night. This is a woman that I've been, you know, supporting and and, and being inspired by for mm-hmm. 20 years for a reason. You know, she survived Hurricane Katrina. And I know I went down there to help take care of the uh, clean the house, yes. you know, yes, and, and, and help and help take care of everything. She survived a fire that burnt mm-hmm. down the temple and then she had to move. And now she will survive this. And she is in great spirits mm-hmm. and a good. Mood. So, that, so next Saturday, people that come to my page, I'm hopefully going to have a little uh, thing about that to celebrate just a little way for about an hour or so to let everyone see her smiling face and her upbeat, uh, approach to life, even in the, in the face of adversity is one of the reasons why she inspires me so much. And then the following night on the 10th of May, uh, the evening of mother's day. Yeah. I have an online virtual class that's being hosted by hex education and, and it's on of all things, uh, working Mm -hmm. with animal spirits and animal magic. That one sounds exciting. I like that. So that is obviously, I think, uh, you know, I know John Jerome has, we, we, we discovered the other night when we're talking that we have some similarities and some other traditions. And so for me, I, I have always loved the, the animal magic, whether you're wearing it or you're in, yes. in bringing the spirit into you, or you can communicate with it or get it to work yes. for you, the animals to yes. communicate with animals in this way to me is, is part of the very lost magic. And right. so, one of the things I do teach around the continent when the band travels or I travel at festivals. Mm-hmm. So this time it's virtual. Uh, there's going to be a lot of links for it on my page. And that's what really it's coming up for me is next weekend, a couple of things like that. And then the Dragon Ritual Drummers, we're not really going anywhere this summer. We're just going to probably play a couple of virtual shows for a couple of events that we really care about. And we said, yeah, we'll do that. And we'll, 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 nice. we'll be on the live feed. So I'm just going to try to keep uh, holding out here in the house and, and uh, nice. stay out of trouble, stay away from people, wear my mask, be distant, but try to stay communicating, <laughs> you know, on virtual lines like this. So, you know, I know I love it. You know what? I want to take that course, the, uh, the uh, workshop with the animals. I, I'm excited about it. I was like, yes. Yeah, it's, it's a fun one. I've, I, I enjoy doing it. I've done it a few times. And so this one, I, I think it's nice. going to be good. It's going to be really neat. Uh, just, not, to give away, not to give away too much. And again, in the interest of it, because we're coming mm-hmm. close to the end of, of, of the show. Uh, but uh, maybe just touch upon a little bit upon animal magic. In other words, what is the, in your practice and your experience and your lineages, Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. are animals and animal spirits used in vote? Well, going too deep, but just like mm-hmm. an overview, like what is the importance of the, the symbology or also the practical mm-hmm. uh, use of uh, typically these spirits? And, 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 you know, are we, you know, we talking about spirits of, you know, this land or, or, or animal spirits of different lands, right? So I could probably do a weekend about it because it's such a vast subject it right. encompasses so much yes so it is. what i try to focus on though is a, is you know within about a it's a two and a half hour classic thing so at least a half an hour some idea of breaking down the different parts of the world how they approached animal magic now to me what i emphasize mostly on and as a member of the african traditional religions everywhere i teach this class i very early on say okay look i know a lot of you are wondering if we do animal sacrifice and i explain how that is done why it's done when it's done who does it uh, just to get that out of the way, because I know people are thinking, I want to, you know, how's, how's this work? So I just get that out of the way right away. Mm-hmm. And then I like to talk about the whole 
part of the world, the various parts of the world, how they approach it. So to me, the emphasis for me is working with animals that are alive. So animals mm -hmm. that are living in your home, living out in your back neighborhood, uh, mm -hmm. migrating, or you can travel to. Squirrels. These are animals that we can work with. Squirrels. You know, I know people have trouble with them all the time. There's ways you can get in their, in their sphere as a worker to, to get them to work for you. Same as insects, you know, in the home, people hate, uh, you know, centipedes, centipedes are smart centipedes. By the time you see a centipede, that's about, you know, uh, four inches or something. That's a seven year old insect that's been living wow. in your house for that entire time. Wow. They don't go other places that knows how you breathe. That insect knows that centipede knows yeah. what your mood is like. And if you ever yeah. notice when a centipede shows up, it seems to come wanting to come walking right up to your feet or wherever you are. They have no fear. So therefore, to me, that's a message. And that's an ability yeah. for that insect Thank that you. lives in your house, that knows the energy of your home, to me, is trying to tell you something. And it's usually exactly. about protection. So, and then, you know, there is the, the, the uh, romantic uh, aspect as well of, you know, can the eagle... Can the eagle be my totem animal or spirit animal or all the other terminology that's usually insulting to most uh, traditions? But the truth of the matter is, yes, you can. If you yeah, can see it, yeah. you can. Or also with animal magic, what I like to emphasize is using animal parts. Now, yeah, I don't go. I I, I respect hunting. If a hunter can ever give me uh -huh. food, I'm so happy. I don't hunt, but uh, I also try to use animal parts from good sourcing. You know, if I find a yeah. roadkill or feathers at the beach and you know, it's a lifestyle to go out and collect things and then those yeah. you know any of us that are involved in the type of magic we are we know that 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 feather that claw okay. that tooth has mana it has it has ashe in it that you can exactly. you can pull it out and use it for your betterment and so i try mm -hmm. to just sort of hold it down into that 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 idea of you know mm -hmm. here's the various ways people approach animal magic around the world yeah. here's kind of how we do it here and in my, you know, so this is not really something I've been taught specifically by any one particular way, but it's something that I definitely had a passion for, for most of my adult life. Mm -hmm. And as I was going along and working the way I do, it's just always something. Anyone who hangs around with me or lives with me always knows there's going to be some kind of crazy animal situation. It's always the case. You know, I can get really close to the wild ones. I end up trying to rescue them a lot and things like this. So animals are a big, big part of me. I think they talk to us in a way that humans don't pay attention yeah. to as much. And even the exactly. person's house pet, even their house cat, their dog, they may be a witch and they might be a worker, but they're still Ashe. a way to enhance Ashe. the relationship Ashe. magically Ashe. with your companion. And so I exactly. actually tell people how to do a ritual in there to, to make that happen. So, nice. Nice. I'm definitely okay. a rogue. I'm a rogue in many ways. <laughs> no, no, that's good. That's good. No, and, and also... To, to, to amplify, for those that are listening, everybody or most people within Ifarisa know, especially the, as, as uh, Utu has said, the importance of certain animals in our ritual practice. Uh, also, in, in one of the most powerful forces, the Iami, represented in, who manifests as snakes, birds, mm -hmm. uh, spiders. Right. Uh, and, and the magic. So, you know, sometimes you have a spider, sometimes you have a bird. It might just uh -huh. be a simple bird but r those those animals are as as we said watching mm -hmm. and they are conduits they are um, inter mm -hmm. intermediaries between the world of the spirit and mm -hmm. the world of, of you know of, of humans of this 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 dimension right so mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i was just going to ask you 
I was going to ask you, Utu, so what do you say when uh, when someone gets bit by a spider, a black widow spider, and ends up in the hospital and has a near-death experience? Would you consider that a totem animal? <laughs> well, it's funny you should ask that. Uh, sometimes, okay, so I have I have worked with a few people that would be defined as, you know, medicine workers, you know, shaman, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And they have always told me that sometimes, even if it's an unfortunate way, when certain animals do bite you, and if you survive, it was meant to be a type of a passage rite, that now the venom and that magic is within you. Now, yeah. I know this. I can say this because, like I said earlier, uh, I, we traveled and lived in Colombia when I was younger. I almost died so many times on that, that, that length of my life. And one of the worst ways was out in the water one evening by myself. I got tangled up by a Portuguese man of war, one of the most deadliest sea creatures. It was all around me. I spent like a week and we were in a very remote area. There was no doctors. I almost died through that. I, I will never forget the hallucinations. I still have marks on my midsection of where the, I mean, it left like a bruising rainbow. It was unbelievable. And the only thing that was recommended to help with that was urine. Pour urine and rub it down on there. Years later, as I, I became a it. surfer, I have someone, you know, eventually they're like, you know, oh, if you get stung by a jellyfish, you got you pee on it. And I was like, well, actually, yes. you know, I think that might have been the one thing that saved my life from a Portuguese man of war. <laughs> so, you know, for some people, that's also in dreams, right? In dreams, yeah. a lot of people, I think yeah. they misinterpret a big snake comes up and bites you or a wolf bites you. A lot of times that's the only way they can share their essence, because when you play with your cat or your dog, what do they do? They try to put their their jaw around them and they yeah, like to, their mouth. You know, so it's the same in a dream. A primal yeah. animal may feel like it's biting you. Yeah. But and again, I know some people. My sister is a is a is allergic to spider bites. So if she got bit by a poisonous one, she would have a problem. So black widows, tarantula bites, things like that. You know, I just feel like sometimes that if you get it, you think about it and find a way to to take that as medicine now within you and you have venom in your blood that can Ashe, be Ashe. An animal. It happened to me. Yeah. It happened yeah. to me yeah. to yeah. Black Widow Spider of all things. Now, here in Canada. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna just mention a small little thing because okay. you know I don't believe in coincidences. Okay. Right? I always say coincidence is when spirit wants to remain anonymous. Okay. Uh, uh, Utu, uh, before we, we conclude for tonight and, and say our goodbyes to everybody till our next show, and I'll introduce our, our guest for next week as well. Um, uh, that will yeah. be coming on. Um, uh, do you, what is the origin? What is your known origin of your name, Utu? Oh, yeah, no problem. Yeah. That is yes. my first priestess in the 90s. Lady Rebecca, when I initiated the, the tradition of witchcraft in its inner mysteries, had Sumerian magic, Sumerian mysteries. Ashe. So, nice. So Ashe, Ashe. Now, I'm a Leo, so I'm a summer baby. She knew that. And she just, you know, I think a lot of people, when they tell me, they call me sunshine or I got a ray of light, they're kind of being sarcastic, to be honest. But she's also, so she was calling me Utu, meaning the sun. Not the sun god. The sun god is called Dingirutu. But... She's and then eventually when I had to choose a name within the mysteries of it, uh, yeah, I, I got used to it. I liked it. It resonated with me. And so that's since 1994. So since 94. I love it. So, so, Utu. so can I can I just add a, a tight, a slight variance to that? The, the name Utu is a Sumerian name, part of the Anunnaki. But mm. Utu, according to many documents, was actually the Sumerian spider goddess. Okay. 
Right. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it took me a long time to reconcile with spiders. I tell people all the time, do never kill a spider. One walked across the floor just yeah. last night when I was here. I was surprised to see one so big yeah. um, in my house, actually. But yeah, spiders, I, I leave them in my house all the time. They're my friends, you know. Me yeah. too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Ever just, since I, just, I got I just wanted to know if you do because I had I've been one one of the things one of the things that led to the show I've, I've been doing now for almost ten years uh, a lot of research beyond just Ifa uh, I mean I was initiated as a priest of Ifa Babalao uh, it's going to be ten years in November uh, but well before that I've been in the tradition since the time of my mom when she researched in Cuba the Afro descendant religions and languages uh, and wrote several books uh, with the Academy of Sciences. And some of the books are in the Smithsonian Institute, but beyond the, the Afro descendant or, or West African descendant uh, belief system, I've also uh, spent a lot of time doing uh, research far further back in terms of ancestry together with my friend, which is our guest for next week. And I hope you'll tune in uh, uh, Utu, uh, Daniel Dafoji, Daniel Barreiros, which is a yes. Bokono who was initiated. Uh, he has a very long trajectory. I mean, he was in, he was initiated almost every Afro descendant diasporian uh, system or lineage in 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 the thing. But but his ancestor, his Joto, his ancestor took him to his actual the place where his Joto had last had an incarnate, which was in Abome, in Benin, mm -hmm. and he was. Um, blessed by the king of the time wow. to become a Honunga and become a Bokono. Wow. And but but he he and I have been for for, for because his ancestor uh comes from that period of, of is older than just the, the Benin, but go back to the time mm -hmm. of Samaria. We've been here for the last seven years and wow. doing comparative analysis between wow. a lot of the Orisha, a lot of the belief system within mm -hmm. Orisa, even within uh, Palo uh, Nkisi, uh, with the divinities uh, that came from the the area of Mesopotamia, mm -hmm. uh, Egypt, and the the uh, ethnic group called the Phoenicians, mm -hmm. uh, we which were those carrying traders and so forth, as well as many uh, nomadic Arab tribes that you know believe and work with you know things or spiritualities as 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 you know they're called the jinn. Yes. So mm -hmm. uh, it's an area of interest. So I, I was actually, I was up till three last night uh, in the morning, uh, this morning. And I Why? Because you're Batman. Because I'm Batman. Uh, and because I was looking up a few things, doing some comparisons. And I found, and I said, this can't be. To actually have seen that reference of Utu being the Sumerian spider goddess. And, you know, oh, okay. very, very important uh, um, uh, daughter of Enki. And uh, Nkura, Nkura, uh, I, I just I had to ask you, did you, you know the, the the origin of that? Yeah, because some people might say well, Utu maybe is you know Afro descendant or, yeah. or even, you know your background. Your, I believe a birth background is Scottish. You mentioned right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But 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 it's interesting that, and this is what I'm going to just throw as a little, and we'll talk a little bit about this in our our next show next week. How mm -hmm. our door ancestor. Our ancestors, yes. our guiding spirits, sometimes are, are are spirits of high elevation that have come back to us, uh, with us down in this yes. journey on Earth. Ashe, ashe. It's a clear mission that Thank we began you. centuries or millennia ago. 
and they may have a different look, ethnicity, height, mm -hmm. color, gender, yeah. what have you. But this gathering and this show and this thing is not by uh, happenstance or coincidence. So, so let me let me leave you here with uh, I'm going to recite something to you that is in Sumerian. Oh, yeah. So it's actually a, it's actually a Syrian. So in our tradition, we had to learn a great deal about the 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 lexicon and we had you know so here's what i say when i look at the sun every day utu girgal suramana siskur amni iutu dingirutu dumaku and that means that essentially that the great sun god is my judge he's the warrior of his mother he's the great dagger in the sky i am wow. a joyful servant and i you are my judge forever you know that is essentially wow. what that means and so every time i look up at the sign i recite that <laughs> i love it thank you for sharing that i and, love that that's and awesome and you too i have great even greater respect for you now because every morning when i get out i always look at the sun i say it in yoruba i say olorum agbeweu olorum support me keep me safe and enlighten me right so right very okay Okay. No, I love it. Utu, I, I want to so, say thank you, you. so much. It means so much to me that you guys asked me to come on here. I just, you oh, know, met more to us. pure pure blessings and exaltation to your lineage and to all of your ancestors as well. And the work thank you're you. doing is amazing. I'm very honored to be invited. And I can't wait to watch these shows. This is going to be my new my new go-to. So I watched the last one before, but now Friday nights I'm often home anyway. I'm going to be home next Friday. What do you know? Uh, so yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'll be so, well, I, I I'm looking forward to that one next week. No, yeah, and thank yeah. you, Utu. Thank you once again. It was an honor having you on here. Get Absolutely. We got to know you, and I love the book. And, you know, one day we will all get together, okay, live yes. and in person. And everybody yeah, check out uh, Utu's uh, uh, Conjuring of Animal Spirits uh, yeah. with uh, Witch Dr. Utu. And if you want to reach uh, uh, Utu, uh, I've just – put on the screen uh his facebook uh, public uh, yes. uh profile so please uh, mm -hmm. uh again I've, I've i'm the only utu witch doctor on facebook i'm easy to find that's absolutely <laughs> absolutely absolutely but you're, because you're an original you're an original and uh i've again i've, I've always great respect for him because for those that are tuning in that know myself and Teresa, um utu has been somebody which has really been a bastion of the community uh, he's yes. never wavered. He's always been consistent. Always exactly. had a, a devotion mm -hmm. and an interest mm -hmm. to promoting culture, music, spirit, and 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 those ancestors that gave their lives for mm -hmm. the freedoms of others uh, in, exactly. in the community. So, uh, my my deepest respect to you, as exactly. they say in Fon Javalu Joto, praises to your ancestor, to your guiding spirit, you. and to uh, Mama Moses, Harriet Tubman. The ancestor of the land which you've chosen to venerate and to so eloquently and faithfully represent on earth uh, in, in this incarnation. my friend. Thank you. You're going to make me cry because I'm so lonely. Thank you for the kind words. <laughs> Everybody, have a good night. Uh, blessings. We'll, we'll tune in next week, uh, Friday, uh, uh, May 8th at uh, 8 p.m. Yes. Uh, for our next show with uh, Bocono, Daniel Dafoji, uh, who will be joining us from Uruguay, Perfect. where he lives, and uh, should be a very oh, interesting that's show. Uruguay. Yeah. We have yeah. I got family from, it's not the story altogether. We got we got some Uruguayans in my family. <laughs> oh, so, oh, nice. So, All right. So, 
I'll definitely tune in for that one. <laughs> I am. I noticed that. I noticed him on the list. Then I was like, ah. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Rebecca. Have a good night. Okay. Good okay, night, everybody. Thank you for joining us. All right. Yeah. Bye.